Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome in episode 34 of the Brilliant Sports Podcast. My name is Dan Kurtz, and I'm joined by my co-host, the man, the myth, and always the legend, Aaron Riley. Aaron, it's great to be back with you. I hope you had a, a happy, healthy, and safe holiday. Uh, contrary to popular belief, we are coming to you uh, after Christmas, between New Year's. You thought we'd probably take two weeks off. No, 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 no. While the rest of the working world is probably off, the rest of the media world is probably off, we still wanted to bring you an episode because the juicy NFL storylines are juicy. NBA storylines, NHL is coming back mid-January, so it's a perfect time to kind of drop a year-end uh, slash beginning-of-the-year podcast to really get us going. Uh, one week left in the NFL season, Aaron, we'll, we'll touch on all of our major NFL storylines. We'll touch a little on the Jets and them getting their first two wins of the season and losing my guy, Trevor Lawrence, forever, RIP. Uh, we'll touch on the Eagles, whether Dougie P is safe or not. We'll touch on the NBA tonight. Might finish off with a little bit of an NHL talk, but we might save that preview for a couple weeks when um, you know the NFL kind of dies down. But nonetheless, great to be back with you. How you feeling coming off of Week uh, 16? Oh, you know, it's always dangerous if you give uh, Daniel, Daniel, or I, or both, uh, you know, a little bit of rest. So I, I think we're oh, raring yeah. to go, and uh, you know, I'm just gonna we're gonna go right into it and, and not really hold any any prisoners on this show. Especially Derek Carr, I'd say, at this point. But Oh, we got Derek Carr takes, folks. He played on a Saturday in primetime, so the world got to see him choke away a win. But it might be on John Gruden, though. We'll get into that a little bit. But uh, we'll get into today's topics. And now for today's topics. All right, folks. Uh, mention NFL storylines quick. Uh, Aaron, I don't know if you saw. We had, a, we had a Christmas Day football game this year. It was on a Friday. Uh, the Christmas holiday was usually – uh, basketball kind of takes up Christmas, but Minnesota Vikings, Orleans Saints played on Christmas Day. I don't know if you got to c- catch any of that game, but do you think this is something the NFL tries to do, maybe take away uh, some of the shine of the NBA? No, obviously it's going to, you know, obviously Christmas is not always on a Friday or a weekend, so it might be tough to navigate the NFL schedule that way, but it was kind of cool to see an NFL game on Christmas nonetheless. Yeah, I think, you know, why not try and steal some of the NBA thunder on a on a Christmas day and you know, even if it's just one game, I think that's a great idea. You know, it's always been NFL on, on uh, Thanksgiving. That's a tradition that goes back, you know, forever. But, um, yeah, why not try and throw the NFL on Christmas Day? You know, maybe maybe not involve the Vikings just because they, they can't really compete with anybody these days. Yeah. But, hey, why not, you know? The, we'll, we'll get in, Oh, my God. We'll get into the Vikings and, and how bad they were on defense. Alvin Kamara 
what can you say about this guy? Six touchdowns. Uh, fuck Taysom Hill for getting a rushing touchdown of his own. Would take <laughs> away number seven for him. Number seven would have been a record. Uh, I think the last time someone had six rushing touchdowns in a game was in the 1930s. Uh, so that's a long time ago in case you guys can't do math. Um, Saints are a wagon. Uh, the Vikings suck though. So it might be more of a, more of like a, a Viking suck kind of victory instead of like a pat on the back for the Saints, because to me, like the Saints, yes, have one of the best rushing attacks in the league, but like Drew Brees is coming off of 11 broken ribs. He really can't throw the ball. He kind of looks like Cam Newton when he throws the ball, throws ducks into the defense, ducks into the ground, inaccurate. He's going to run the ball. That offense, at least, is going to run the ball 70% of the time. But yet the Vikings seem to, like, not be prepared for it whatsoever. So, like, to me – like, to you, I guess, is is that win more of – like, I mean, they, they scored uh, – was it uh, 52 points that led up 33. So, is that more of an indictment on, like, the Vikings' defense? Or is that just how potent the Saints, like, can be? And are they, like, hitting their stride at the right time? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you bring up – you bring up a lot of good points. Um, you know, in reference to, to looking at the stat line and things like that, I mean, yeah, you, you bring up – I mean, Breeze threw for over 300 yards, but no touchdowns and two picks. Um, I don't know. I, I think, you know, it's a combination. Uh, I think the Saints are a very physical team. I, I think the Vikings have really lost all their identity that they, they had a couple of years ago. Um, kind of kind of one of those teams where you, you think, you know, you, you think to yourself, what the hell happened? I mean, they, well, they were one of the best defenses in the league at one point. Uh, just – a few years back, I remember they were uh, they played Philly in the divisional round. Uh, actually, I'm sorry, the championship round. Excuse yeah. me. I, I'm dating myself a little bit. It's three years ago, but still, I mean, that just shows you how how times change and and how fast a, a team can fall from you know basically glory just because that that team was very very well coached on defense and, and just a very physical defense, and now they're just getting waxed almost every week. Um, you know, whenever you have Kirk Cousins as quarterback, you don't really, in my opinion, ever have a chance. I never was a fan of him. Um, probably <laughs> on the same level as a Derek Carr, not going to win you many games by himself at all. So um, I think it's a credit to, you know, obviously the Saints executing, but um, for them to hang 52 on you, I think you got to be pretty shitty on, on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Alvin, Alvin Kamara, as I said, six touchdowns. Um, when he was drafted, I think he was drafted, what, 2017 maybe, 2016. Um, famous story came out. The Jets, uh, I think he was picked in, like, the third round. But apparently in the Jets' war room, like, everybody and their mother within that war room, their personnel team, the owners, the coaches were telling Mike McCagney, the GM at the time, to trade out for Alvin Kamara. He refused because he thought, you know, he was set with the running backs he had in his building who – or not in the NFL anymore, but that's a, that's besides the point. So whenever I whenever I see Alvin Kamara have a good game or really go off, I always think that the Jets, you know, should have had him and, and could have had him, and it's it's a pretty heartbreaking and depressing thought. Uh, but that is why Mike McCaddy is no longer employed by the Jets. Nonetheless, uh, the Saints sit at 11 and four. Uh, they are one game behind the Packers, who sit at 12 and three for that one seed in the NFC. Uh, I'd have to think that both teams are going to play pretty hard because I think if they tie, uh, the tiebreaker goes to New Orleans somehow. So that one seed, I think Drew Brees would, would gladly take that week off. So um, are these two teams, the Packers and the Saints, sort of the cream of the crop in the NFC? And do you see a team like, you know, Tampa Bay? Do you see a team like Seattle uh, really stacking up against these two teams in the playoffs? Or is this basically a two-horse race to see who gets to the Super Bowl from the NFC? Hey, you you can't mention the NFC without uh you know the Washington football team. Uh, let, me, let me be 
Straight hey, up. Right hey, there. real real quick, you know what's sad about the NFC East? Uh, every, all four teams have a chance to either go to the playoffs or pick number three in the draft. Hey, I mean, <laughs> it's pathetic on, on so many different levels. Um, but yeah, no, all, all jokes aside, I mean, I, I, for me, you know, I thought last year the Seahawks would make a run. They, they kind of disappointed me in, in that prediction. So, um, you know, I almost want to, you know, roll the dice again and say the Seahawks have a chance, but, I don't know. The way the Packers are playing right now, it would be hard to see them, you know, uh, really fall off from, from the level that they are executing on. But I don't know. It, it's one of those things where I, I don't trust Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. I, I think he's, Whoa. you know, failed multiple, multiple times where, you know, either his team was the favorite or just for whatever reason, they didn't get the job done. So um, I could see the Packers. That's a hot take. It's a hot take. Hey, I mean – like coming it. straight off the dome, it's it's for me. It's extremely tough this year. I I, I sometimes think the Saints are aren't as good as, as what their record is. I think, you know, obviously you allude to uh, to Drew Brees being kind of at least at the moment kind of a shell of himself. Um, that's kind of concerning. If if I'm a Saints fan, I don't think they that might trip them up at one point. I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball down everybody's throat. Um, but then, like like I say, the Packers. Do I trust the Packers? I I kind of do. I I kind of don't. Um, I trust. You know, I trust the Packers. Trust them at this point. Yeah, and I and I agree with you. Like I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have said this like two or three years ago with Mike McCarthy. I think just the the chemistry that Rodgers has with Lafleur as a or Lafleur, whatever the fuck you say it as a play caller, <laughs> uh, and as a head coach, I just think is like unmatched at this point. I I, I think he's mastered that offense. I think his chemistry with Devontae Adams is absolutely absurd. I think their run game's pretty good. I, I know their defense is always going to be a concern, but, I mean, it, you know, they played Sunday night and dropped 40 in the snow, 45 in the snow against a good Titans team, or at least right. I think they're good. Uh, so, to me, I know he really only has Adams, and then, you know, he's kind of thrown to some nobodies. That, you know, he's thrown to Lazard. He's thrown to Baldus Scantling. They got Jamal Williams. And, and Aaron Jones, I think, is a pretty good running back, obviously, but, uh, I just think like they're they're firing on all cylinders and like if they can grab that one seed like they're they're in position to and then maybe get a break here and there maybe you know the WFT steals a game they play them first round and kind of cru- or their second round I guess that would be and cruise into the NFC Championship game I think they have a shot to to probably go to the Super Bowl so to me I, I like I just look at the Saints and and like you know the the fail Mary uh, not the fail whenever they lost to the Vikings you were talking about when the when the Vikings played the Eagles in that championship game. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, I remember that. When, when they lost to the Rams on that play call a couple years ago when the Rams went to the Super Bowl, I just feel like there's always that, like, defining play, whether it be Drew Brees messing up or, or, or uh, you know, faulty defensive scheme. I just feel like the, the juice has kind of run out on the Saints, and Drew Brees is another year older. He's obviously been hurt a ton this year. Uh, I think the magic has finally run out for the Saints, so – I look for them to, to for sure win a, win, a, win a game or two, and I think that matchup in the NFC Championship game with them and the Packers would be unbelievable and must-see TV. But if, if I'm sort of picking between the two, I, I'd probably have to take the Packers. But, I mean, like I said, Tampa Bay can make a run. Seattle can make a run, uh, you know, and, and we'll kind of see who shakes out there for six and seven um, in those playoff seeds. But I, to me, I'm kind of leaning towards Packers right now. Yeah, I mean, it, it, of all the teams listed, I, I want to say Seahawks for, for a certain, you know, for a couple of reasons only because I think Russell Wilson, I, I, that's another guy I just try not to bet against. I mean, I know he's not 
not of Brady caliber or anything close to that, but um, he's a guy that can, you know, rally the troops. And, uh, you know, their defense at times has looked menacing this year, but then at, at times they've gotten exposed. So, yeah, I mean, if you're riding just the hot hand, I mean, I think you go Green Bay. But I, I this this year is really, to me, like more wide open than it's been in, in a little bit, only because I just don't really trust any of the, the teams. I think a lot of the records, like Dan and I had talked about, are, are kind of misleading. And for whatever reason, I, I just think some of these teams can – not easily be beaten, but, um, you know, I don't have a clear favorite. So I would probably, you know, agree with you at the moment. Green Bay is probably the hottest, but uh, not to say, like, Tampa Bay can't squeeze in there, you know, beat a couple teams and, and perhaps go the whole way. You know, you never know. I, I just – I don't feel confident as far as the NFC whatsoever this year for whatever reason. So it sounds like the NFC is filled with a lot of teams that we don't trust. Uh, so one, one of them is going to have to break through and, and kind of earn our trust. But – one guy who's obviously been there uh, plenty of times and, and is playing pretty well, coming off a 47-7 to win against the depleted Detroit Lions team, the Buccaneers. Um, they've clinched their playoff spot. I think they're locked in squarely in the fifth seed um, since the Saints are ahead of them by one game in that division. Obviously, it's it's kind of a crime that, that they're behind the Washington football team. But um, <laughs> as it stands now, I think they would play um, the Washington football team if, if everything ended today. So – um, do, do you think, like, basically having a cakewalk game uh, in the first round, basically a preseason game in the first round for them, like, does that just give them confidence moving forward to wherever they have to play next? And, like, you know, if they have to go play, let's say, you know, the Packers or they have to go play the Saints, like, to me, just having that game in their pocket kind of, like, gives them juice. I don't know. Maybe they can work out some new things they want to try against. Not, not that they're going to look past that game for sure because – you know, any given Sunday, anything can happen once you, you know, step on the field. But to me, like, having a get-right game going into the playoffs, like, is kind of the perfect recipe for Brady to to go on. I hate to say that because I fucking hate him still. Um, <laughs> kind of the perfect recipe for him to go on some sort of a run. Yeah, so, you know, I, not to go off on a, on a tangent, over a Christmas break, you know, I had a lot of free time. I watched a little bit of a, you know, call me crazy, but and I'm not jumping on the bandwagon at all, but – I watched the Brady documentary when oh, he was Jesus at Michigan. Uh, dude, when he at least he gained a little bit of respect in my book, only because when he went to Michigan, he was like, I know, I'm sure everybody knows the story. He was like the sixth quarterback on the on the chart at one time, and then I don't know. I, I look at Tom Brady like that guy at least sees his opportunities when he when he gets them. So yeah, um, you know, well, hard yeah. hard to hate that guy. Like you know, I do not to the level Dan has, and and Dan. Dan's been in the division, you know, his entire life. So it's – as being a Jets fan, I, I completely understand it. You know, it's not fun. Um, I would absolutely hate it too. But um, <laughs> I like – at this point, I like Brady more than Belichick. I love seeing Belichick lose. I love it. I can't get enough of it. Um, but at the same time, I would say, um, you know, I, I think Washington having the, a, a decent defense at this point, I mean, it's obviously their, their strong suit. Uh, their offense is, yeah. is a trophy. But, they, just, they need um, a quarterback. Yeah. So, I think uh, – yeah, you're exactly right. But I think, you know, it, I'm not going to say it's going to be a cakewalk game. I, I think at times, you know, they might – it might be close just because Washington's defense makes a couple plays and keeps them in it. I think it will benefit them like you – you know, you kind of alluded to as well. I think it will benefit them. I think that will that'll make them, you know, more dangerous in the next game. I think it will be a benefit rather than a uh, – a negative. So, um, yeah, I think they'll, they'll beat 
obviously the Washington football team, but it could serve them a, a good purpose in playing that pretty decent defense at this point from, from Ron, Ron Riviera. Yeah. Riverboat Ron. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's, that's a good point. I, I don't want to sort of look past the NFC East and when Aaron goes and talks about the Eagles a little bit later in the show, um, we'll talk about the different scenarios of who can, who can, who can't clinch, uh, what needs to happen for each team and we'll break all that down. But uh, I, I don't want to you know, sort of get past Washington football team here. And I certainly want to talk about Dwayne Haskins and, and just his utter stupidity uh, that he's displayed over, over the past week. But um, before we move on to the AFC East, uh, as it stands now, uh, just the seeds one through five, if, if everything ended today, would be Packers, number one, Saints two, Seattle three, Washington four, Tampa Bay five. Um, and then right now the Rams are six, the Bears are seven, and the Cardinals are eight. Uh, the Rams are nine and six, and the Bears and Cardinals are both eight and seven. Um, so obviously, as you know, seven teams make the playoffs this year. Out of those three teams, uh, the Rams, Chicago, and Arizona, and it's kind of funny. I think the Rams and, and Cardinals play each other this weekend, but A, Goff is out, and I think Kyler Murray might be out as well. I don't think that's confirmed yet, but it's kind of trending that way. Um, so I, I, I guess which two of these three teams you know, do you think are going to ultimately squeak in? I know the Rams have a game in hand, so they might be fine depending on what happens in that game, but – um, what do you think is going to happen with with those three teams trying to squeak into to the playoffs there? Yeah, I think, um, you know, coming up, we got Chicago at Packers. I mean, I I don't know if, if Rodgers will play the whole game, if he'll see the field for a half, whatever whatever that situation might be. I mean, if Rodgers plays more than two quarters in that game, I think the Packers win. Um, even yeah. though, um, you know, not getting much appreciation, but Mitchell Trubisky, of all people, is playing pretty decent if you look at the stat line last couple of weeks. but. <laughs> That's uh that's the research department whispering in my ear. I think you're like, <laughs> over there, but then you have some notes Yeah, they're 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 partial to the Manheim Central graduate Matt Nagy getting his contract renewed, staying another season. So you gotta love hey, it. Hey, he he's one of those people where I I think he's just getting lucky at this point. I'm not gonna say he's one of those coaches. <laughs> I mean, he's probably far from it. But hey, you know. Got to got to show some respect to our, our fellow comrade right down the street. But hey, if you, um, I mean, if you can light it up with Mitch Trubisky, at least you know two or three games in a row, what he's been doing, I got to give him some sort of credit. <laughs> yeah, no, you're you're exactly right. But I would say, uh, you know, I think Arizona is a team that can can be very good uh, when they're when they're on all cylinders. I think I think that defense can um, absolutely cause havoc, uh, especially the defensive line. On Arizona, I, I saw him play Philly. I mean, Philly has uh, well-documented, depleted offensive line, horrible offensive line, but um, <laughs> just they were all over the place. They were a very physical team, very fast team on both sides of the ball. Um, so I think Arizona, uh, of those three, if I had to play any of those teams, I would fear Arizona more than Chicago because Chicago really has an awful offensive line. Um, and the Rams just, you know, we went over that a little bit off air that, uh, you know, how the Jets came in and kind of took care of them. So I, I just don't yeah. trust the Rams uh, of those teams. I think Arizona is the best team, no matter what the records indicate. I, Arizona to me is, is the best of the three. I, I agree. Yeah. I, th I think um, if Kyler is healthy this weekend, even if Goff is healthy, I think Goff is absolutely sticking up the joint right now. Uh, we talked about this off air, but I think that team is only good be on offense at least is because of, Sean McVay, I think golf is an absolute dumpster fire. We can talk about that a little bit later when we get to the Jets. But um, I, I'd probably, I'd probably think, you know, 
the Cardinals squeaking over Chicago. I, I do think when you mentioned the Packers probably not playing Rodgers. Yeah, I, I do think if they have that game pretty much in hand, um, they'll probably sit him and then they can kind of see how it goes the rest of the way. But the Packers do still have to play for that one seed. Um, so, unfortunately, for you Chicago fans out there, you won't be getting a half-assed version of the Packers. You'll be getting the full thing. Um, so, I do think that leaves them out of the playoffs, which would be kind of funny um, since they'll be 8-8, eight and eight, and that kind of leaves you in no man's land and back to the drawing board with sort of what to do with Mitch Trubisky and, and Nick Foles moving forward. But um, let's talk some AFC. Um, I don't know if you caught the game last night, Aaron, between Buffalo and New England. Um, myself, I did, obviously. I, I always love to tune in when I think New England's going to get crushed. Uh, spoiler alert, the Jets played them week 17. I think the Jets are going to smoke them. Patriots I'm talking about. But the Bills are looking good. The Chiefs are looking good, obviously. Kind of give me a rundown of, of some teams in the AFC that, um, you know, have kind of been on your radar the past two weeks and and, and maybe a couple of teams you might think are, are going to make some noise when it comes to January and playoff time. Yeah, so uh, one of my fears might be coming true. Uh, I'm just not a big Lamar Jackson fan for whatever reason. <laughs> I can't. I uh, just can't I, – I respect the kid. I think he's extremely tough. I see him get hit a ton, and he kind of gets back up every time. But for whatever reason, I just – I'm kind of tired of the Lamar Jackson talk week in, week out. It still seems to be coming up way too often for my liking. But uh, I think the Ravens are getting hot at exactly the right time. Yeah. Unlike last year, if you remember, they, they kind of, you know, coasted into the playoffs 14-2. and two. Yep. I don't even think they played their starters uh, the last week of the season. I could be wrong, but they played RG three, right? Yeah, I know. I know they got a bye week, and then uh, going into the playoffs, they were just kind of, you know, they they fell apart very quickly. So yep. I think this year they're hungrier. Uh, they have something to prove. Uh, obviously, coming off last season, um, so they're a team I, I look to make some some type of noise at least win a playoff game. I think, you know, Miami is a fraud. I don't. I just don't see them. I mean, I don't know who's even going to play. Is Tua going to play for a couple of quarters? And, <laughs> and then if he sticks up the place, you know, are they bringing in Fitzpatrick? Who the hell knows? I, they're, they're a one-and-done team to me, uh, one one playoff game and, and out. Uh, Tennessee, to me, I, I don't know. I, I sometimes don't really trust them. Um, you know, I saw them lose to, to Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh's one of those teams where I think they're, you know, I, I've come to the conclusion, just like Dan had alluded to, that they're a fraudulent 12-3. and three. Um, obviously they lost three in a row after beating the Colts this past week, which was kind of a shock to me that they pulled that off because I kind of have uh, a little bit uh, of faith in the Colts for whatever reason that might be. I, don't, I just don't know. But, um, you know, obviously we're, we're going to talk about the Bills and the, and the Chiefs being the, the teams that are, are the hottest, are the, are the most feared right now in the AFC. It's really tough for me to say that the, the Chiefs can be beaten, but um, I think if the Bills play – uh, well, you know, play well on both sides of the ball. That means, you know, stopping Mahomes to a certain extent. And then, you know, Josh Allen goes off and throws three or – it's probably going to take four touchdowns. So, you know, I could see the Bills perhaps pulling that off. It's hard to, it's hard to bet against the Chiefs, but um, the Bills are playing some damn good football and, and they kicked the living shit out of the Patriots last night. So, Yeah, no, I, I think uh, when you take a look at, at AFC, we have one Kansas City, two Buffalo, three Pittsburgh, four Tennessee, five Miami, six Baltimore, seven Cleveland, eight is Indy. Uh, Miami, or Tennessee, Miami, Baltimore, Cleveland, Indy are all 10 and five, which is kind of insane that um, you have, what, five teams there that are 10 and five trying to trying to fight for a playoff spot. If, you, if To me, if you look at Pittsburgh, the three seed, I think they're 12 and three. They lost. Three out of the last four games, uh, they beat the Colts because 
Ben Roethlisberger apparently took over play calling in the second half, which is laugh out loud funny that quarterback that your offensive coordinator for a team that was 11-0 is so bad at his job your quarterback has to take over play calling end up winning the game because of that that's hilarious um I do think they're fragile though I think uh they lose no matter what in the first round of the playoffs so you so right now if if it ended today they'd play the Ravens I think the Ravens would absolutely kill them even even if they play the Browns which I don't think they can because I think the Bills will lock up that two seed. But even if they play the Browns in the first round of playoffs, I do think they'll lose just because they're fragile right now. Big Ben uh, kind of famously like kind of tails off, I guess, the end of the season. He's getting old. Uh, Juju's TikToking. Chase Claypool's TikToking. I don't think they're focused on the right things this time of year. The defense is fantastic. I'll say that. Uh, Mike Tomlin always has his defense ready to go. But if we're looking at potential frauds, Throughout the AFC playoff uh, sort of picture, I'd pro- I'd probably have to go Pittsburgh. I'm not I'm not totally against you. Uh, I would say if, if Pittsburgh and Baltimore play though, for whatever reason, I think that would be a close game only because they know each other so well. They they play right. two games against each other in the regular take, take season. Take the under, you're saying? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm gonna say if those if it comes down to any divisional games in that you know if it's Baltimore, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, any of that. I think all those games pretty much go down to the wire only because all those teams know each other so well. And in a playoff scenario, you know, who's going to want it more? Who knows? I mean, Pittsburgh hasn't been to the, to the big dance in, in quite a while. I mean, Cleveland's never been – or you know, who knows? I don't even think they've ever been there. So, I know they have no Super Bowls to show for it. So, yeah. uh, and, then, and then Lamar, obviously, you know, try, trying to black out the critics, I'm sure, just because, uh, you know – He's famously folded a couple of times now in the playoffs. So I think those three teams, uh, any one of those could potentially make a run of the three. I probably trust Baltimore the most only because offense and defense, they're, they're probably the most solid, but um, it would be kind of cool. I, I'm kind of rooting for Cleveland out of the whole mix just because why not? And they're never, they're never even relevant really. So I'll pull for the boy, uh, the boy Baker out there in Cleveland. I, I just think it'd be hilarious if they missed the playoffs because they were, you know, 10 and four going into this week. You lose to a one and 13 Jets team. I know the NFL kind of fucked them with COVID. Uh, they had four of their, I think they had all top four, all of their top four wide receivers on the COVID list. Uh, and then they had half their offensive line on the COVID list as well. But still, I think you kind of have to, if you're a 10 and four football team, you kind of have to beat a, you know, a one and 13 team, no matter who you're playing, uh, playing with. But uh, to me, if, if the, I mean, I know Pittsburgh's playing Mason Rudolph this week, but if they go out and lose to Pittsburgh, I think that would be so funny. Uh, not for their fans, just because I feel, <laughs> uh, I feel like, you know, Jets fans are, are kind of cousins, distant cousins sort of of you know, Browns fans. We kind of go through the same things year after year. Obviously, them, you know, them winning 10, uh, 10 games this year is a huge accomplishment. Uh, Kevin Stefanski should probably get coach of the year. Baker's as much as it pains me to say it is is kind of turning a corner. I do think he looked like shit on Sunday, which was hilarious. But uh, again, you, you got to question the personnel he was out there with. So if they lose this game against against Mason Rudolph with everyone healthy, everyone back, I, I think it's just it might it might send their franchise back into turmoil once again. Uh, and I can't say I'd be too mad about it. So hopefully for the sake of Cleveland, for the sake of their fans, uh, and despite me not liking Baker Mayfield, I, you know, hopefully they can you know, pull it out. Uh, Miami's interesting to me. They play the Bills this week. I think the Bills are still fighting for that two spot. So um, as it stands now, you know, Baltimore is playing the Bengals. So if Baltimore wins, gets to 11 and five, let's say, the, let's say Miami loses, 
gets to 10 and six. They would flip flop. Uh, so Baltimore would be the fifth seed. Miami would be the sixth seed. Um, and then that's, you know, that's kind of how the playoffs would shake out from there. It'd be Pittsburgh, Miami, and then it'd be tennis, uh, and then it'd be Tennessee, Baltimore, and then Buffalo, Cleveland. Um, so that'd be kind of interesting to me. I think that, you know, Tennessee, Baltimore game would be pretty interesting. And then, you know, Miami with, with, you know, God knows who at quarterback against Pittsburgh would also be kind of funny to me as well. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're exactly right. I, I think, uh, you know, like you, you bring up the point where, you know, Cleveland can still miss the playoffs <laughs> It is, you know, I'm sure their fans are, are crossing their fingers and, and biting their nails off because, you know, this is typical Cleveland Browns. Like, you know, whenever you have, their fans seem to have faith in them, they let them down year after year, decade after decade. I mean, it's just they've never had any type of real success. So um, if you're – if I'm Baker Mayfield, I'm pretty much not getting much sleep up until, you know, Saturday night uh, because I, I feel like I have to win that game. You cannot yeah. be in a position where, you, you know, you could have sealed it up basically this past week and then you, you lose to a 1-13 Jets team. Um, and now, you know, you're going into Pittsburgh on a backup quarterback. Like, there's no right. – there is no use. And, and I am uh, a Baker fan just from a, you know, person perspective. I, I just think he's funny. I think he's entertaining. I just kind of root for him because he's – you know, why not? But um, you, if you lose this game, like, you're not – I don't think you live that down for years to come. Like, I just – Yeah. No, I, 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 I agree. lose this game. I was kind of half kidding when it, when it, when I said it would, you know, return the franchise to turmoil, but I, I guess I'm kind of half serious as well. Like you, you absolutely cannot lose that game after, you know, screwing up a, a potential playoff clinching game against a one in 13 team playing against Mason Rudolph and, and probably half their backups. So I know it's the Steelers. I know the Colts are playing the Texans and that's probably a win for them. I know Baltimore is playing uh, the Bengals is probably a win for them. The only team that really, you know, kind of gets screwed as Miami playing against Buffalo, but maybe they lose some motivation as well. You know, now that Mason Rudolph is confirmed to be playing for the Steelers. Uh, so to me, you know, Cleveland's got to show up, you know, hopefully Mason Rudolph puts on some extra chin straps this time, doesn't lose his helmet and, and he doesn't fall into the hands of Miles Garrett again. Uh, and he can kind of stay healthy throughout this game, but uh, it'll be interesting to, to watch. And, and like you said, um, if, if they, you know, if they lose this game, I, 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 do, I do think that uh, implications will, will be kind of spread throughout, and, and it'll be a tough offseason in Cleveland, to say the least. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this, no matter what, they even if they win by a point, they got to win this game and, uh, you know, actually, actually give the Cleveland fans something to be excited about as they haven't been excited about. And, you know, really, I would say, I guess, since Belichick was there. Yeah. Absolutely. That's uh, I think I think that chalks it up for for our playoff talk. Aaron. I think that was a fantastic breakdown by us. Not not to pat us on the back here, but um, it'll be fascinating to watch this week. I'll certainly be tuning in. I think we have some games on Saturday and Sunday, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Although I do believe college has their playoffs uh, this weekend as well, so that might conflict. But uh, nonetheless, next week we'll have a full playoff breakdown, um, kind of dissect the, the important games that we just touched upon and. Um, really get a feel for for the matchups and uh, you know which teams are hot or not going going into the playoffs. But um, why don't we kind of give our give our weekly you know one to two minutes state of the union here in our teams? I'll, I'll go first with the Jets. Um, we didn't record last week, you know, kind of off through the holiday. I, I, I don't think it would have been a very positive episode if we if we did record for myself. Obviously, at this point, 
Uh, I'm sure the listeners have heard the Jets are now two and thirteen. I believe is, is their record. Um, they beat the Rams twenty-three to ten back on December twentieth, and then they again beat the Browns twenty-three to sixteen this past Sunday to firmly, uh, you know, position themselves at the number two pick and lose out on Trevor Lawrence. Uh, you know, to me, uh, you know, Aaron and I were talking about this off air. All, all, all these fans and all the media are talking about how, you know, how could you ruin the tank? How, how could the coaches, how could the ownership let this happen? Uh, to me, if I'm a player on that team, if I'm a backup, a fringe starter, if I'm uh, a low-level assistant coach, you know, if I'm uh, a trainer, if I'm a concessions worker, whatever, I'm going to work my tail off week after week to, to fend for my livelihood. And, and at the end of the day, you can't force a tank upon a player or a coach or an organization. And anyone in the media, you know, actively – telling you that you know the Jets were tanking was just absolutely false and it was evidenced by their their win against the Rams and again you know the Browns too but uh, these guys are fighting for their next job obviously a lot of these players won't be here next year since there has to be a significant a significant amount of turnover from a from a 2 and 14 team uh, you know, three and 13 team, whatever they turn out to be. Uh, but these guys are playing for, for their next check, their, their families, their friends, their pride. Uh, they never really lost faith despite Adam Gase being the worst coach I've ever seen uh, with my own two eyes. Uh, this team has continued to play well for him, or I should say play hard for him. Uh, I, I have no idea why. I, you would have thought that after 13 straight losses, you probably would have lost the locker room and uh, this team would have put forth uh, a piss poor or, or lack of effort. But for some reason, you know, I, I guess it's it's just a testament to the quality of guys that Joe Douglas brought into the building. And um, I guess sort of the, a, a changing culture, uh, I guess a changing culture for the positive within the Jets organization. These guys are still willing to play as hard as they can. Um, but yeah, it, it's tough. I, I, you know, Aaron and I were talking, Trevor Lawrence is about of about as uh, a guarantee of a prospect coming out since probably, you know, Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning, et cetera, enter wh- whichever name you want to there. So to lose out on, on that security blanket number one overall going into and, and being faced with a, a decision at the quarterback position for the next four months and, and dealing with that speculation followed is, is going to be fairly annoying for myself. I'm sure the media, the fans are going to have so many wild outlandish takes that I'm just not ready for them. But uh, to me, I'd probably get rid of Darnold as, as, as much as it pains me to say. You guys heard in this podcast back in March, April, and May. I was a, a devout and stout um, Sam Darnold stan, um, Sam Darnold supporter. Uh, to me, this season just didn't pan out, you know, for whatever reason, injuries, uh, whether he had something going on in his personal life, whatever. Uh, but I have to, But if I have to continue to watch him throw for under 200 yards, throw for one touchdown, and throw for one interception each game, I'm going to lose my mind just because that's not what – you know, you should be putting up as an NFL quarterback today. And uh, in my opinion, whether you go out and get a veteran, you know, whether you draft a quarterback at two, whether you draft Justin Fields or Zach Wilson at two, it's got to be an upgrade and it's going to be a cheaper upgrade um, to to, to go with that. So to me, it's a tough situation uh, that we're kind of, you know, stuck between sticking with Darnold or, you know, going with someone new and and whoever they decide to hire as a head coach is obviously going to have some input in that decision. Um, but I, I think that, you know, to move on from Darnold, I think he, he still has talent, obviously. He has all the physical traits in the world. He's an absolute athlete. He's a freak. But I think he needs to change the scenery. We need a fresh pulse injected in, into this organization with a new coach and a new vision with a new quarterback. Um, so however that shakes out is, is definitely not for us to decide. And it'll be fascinating to kind of monitor over these next few months as we lead up to the draft. But 
you know, to me, even even if you lose out in Trevor Lawrence, you, you still have to go with your guy and, and take that swing at two just because you never know if you're going to be back in that position next year. But that's that's kind of my rant on the Jets. Um, we can get, you know, to more of the Eagles here. But and we'll have a full breakdown of, of the head coaching search after the season ends. We'll have a full breakdown of, you know, some of the quarterbacks they might be targeting it too. But that's sort of how I feel about it. I know that might not be popular with, with some of the fans in this fan base. A lot, of the, a lot of the folks, you know, frankly, have never really seen what a franchise quarterback looks like. Um, so they still gravitate towards Donald because he's been, I guess, the closest that, the closest that we've had to, to a franchise quarterback since probably, you know, the early days of Mark Sanchez and, and probably dating all the way back, you know, to Joe Namath. So that's why so many people still attached to him. But for me, for my money, uh, you got to move on and you got to inject something fresh into his organization moving forward. Hey, don't don't sleep on Chad Pennington, man. I got a cannon at one point. <laughs> Chad Pennington can't throw past 30 yards, but when he, when he <laughs> threw that 15-yard strike, you knew it was a strike nonetheless. <laughs> one of the one of the funnier releases. I mean, the him, Byron Leftwich, uh, those are like, you know, those two people come to my mind. But, no, I'm with you. They, they need a change. Of, you know, Darnold needs a change of scenery. They need a, a fresh face. They need, they need to just at least roll the dice on somebody else, try something different. What they're doing isn't working, obviously and just go forward with that and hope for and really kind of hope for the best. I think, you know, you keep, you keep uh Flacco there another year. You yeah. can mentor somebody else, a brand new face. It's, yep. you know, and bring in a coach that doesn't run the same type of plays over and over again. And, and maybe it's a recipe for long-term success and, and at least some aspect and, and something to root for. So I'm with you a hundred percent. Yeah. So really just to, to touch on the, the Eagles Dallas game, which I thought, I was very optimistic going in, uh, and, and really the game started out pretty good uh, and then just fell completely apart, uh, and, and Dallas never, ever looked back. Uh, it just seems like Dallas owns Philly in Dallas the last three or four years. Really, under the whole Peterson era, uh, we've had a hell of a time beating them in Dallas for whatever reason that is. Um, I don't know if Jerry Jones is paying Roger Goodell to have the amount of fans that he has in the stadium, but uh, something Dude, fishy was, going on there. I looked at the stadium. I was like, is this like a replay of a game from last year? They had like 30,000 people. That was insane. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think for sure uh, Roger Goodell's getting bribed or so Jerry Jones has dirt on him or so, there's something going on there. Um, can't put it past uh, Jerry Jones to do something like that, in my opinion. But at the end of the day, I mean, uh, the defense is depleted to say the least. Um, the corners at best are, are okay at best. I mean, Darius Slade can play. Uh, he's not elite by any means, but he, he can play. Uh, but then, you know, they're basically playing with uh, three quarters of the defense being practice squad. It's an absolute joke. No one could tackle all day long. Um, you know, they were just having their will. Uh, with the with the entire defense, I mean, Andy Dalton looked like he was going to win, you know, the MVP that game. Uh, it, it was just – it was. An absolute atrocity. Uh, and then Doug Peterson being classic Doug Peterson goes away from the running game uh, when it was working really well at one point with Miles Sanders. Uh, if I'm Miles Sanders, I would, you know, I'd go right to Jeffrey Lurie and say either this guy needs to give up his play calling for next season <laughs> or, you know, you can trade me a while because you're hurting his career. You're hurting Jalen Hurts already just because I'm watching uh, a pretty shitty offensive uh, set of plays be called all day long. Um, and I mean, there's no offensive line left at all. 
So it was it was extremely depressing. I turned it off in the, the late third quarter. I couldn't take it anymore just because it was possession after possession of nonsense on offense. And and I don't even blame Hertz for this one. Yeah, he he's had his you know worst game so far. He'll, he's only played three, but um, this was uh, a coaching and a personnel problem. And, and once again, you know, you go back to uh, Howie Roseman not being able to supply this team with any type of depth at all just because it seems like everybody they pick up or everybody they draft, uh, you know, gets injured in a matter of two to three games. So it's just a, it's a shame how far this franchise has fallen. Um, they are officially eliminated if you look at it. Just um, like there's no possible way, even if, um, like, I think Dallas – I forget I forget who even plays each other in the division this week. I think somebody plays each other. But, um, yeah, they, they can't – get to the playoffs and this is historically probably the worst division ever uh I don't know this you know I don't know exactly but uh, obviously one of the worst divisions to ever uh go out there and, and compete um you know you're probably gonna have a seven and nine team win the division if not worse so um just disappointing year horrible year to be an Eagles fan and it takes me back to the Chip Kelly days pretty quickly yeah, no, it's uh, it's well, it's well said. Uh, I think you, you've been kind of echoing the same sentiments throughout this entire season. Uh, it's interesting. Though, I did see a quote from Doug. He was like, "I have full confidence I'm going to be here next year. My record and and the last three seasons, four seasons, whatever I've been at this organization speak for themselves." So I don't know if he's been told by ownership or by the team that he's staying, but he himself seems pretty confident that he'll be there moving forward. Yeah, it's funny. I'll, I'll comment on that real quick. And then, uh, you know, we'll move on. But I remember, I forget who exactly it was, but uh, it was a, it was a personnel, uh, personnel guy last year that Doug said, you know, he'll be back uh, this week or, or this year, whatever it might be. I, I, sorry, I don't know the details too well. But all I remember is the next day he stood up there at the podium and pretty much announced that that guy was fired. So I don't know, <laughs> if, I don't know if this organization just doesn't talk to each other or if they – are constantly lying to each other or lying to the media. I don't know what it is. It's bizarre. Uh, it's been like that ever since. Um, it seems like ever since last season, they've, they've not been on the same page, and they, they tell uh, they tell the media 100% the uh, opposite of what the, the truth is. And it was funny. It was week after week of Dougie P and Carson saying, I got to be – I got to be held responsible. I got to be accountable for all my mistakes, but they're making the same mistakes every single week. Now you're still kind of hearing that from Doug. I know they, they committed a shit ton of penalties on, on Sunday and he stood up there and he was like, I'm disappointed in myself. This is something we needed to address last week. And now we didn't again. It's just, I don't, I, I can't accept that, you know, week in and week out, you either you're going to change and get better or you're not, I'd rather I'm not talk about it. I'd rather I'm just say next question because it's just uh, it's just so exhausting to hear it this whole entire season. But I, I don't even know if I'll catch this last game just because it, it's been so disappointing. I'll probably watch it just for Hurts, but um, it just Prime it time. sucks. It sucks, and they're just not a good team right now. And and I think if I'm Jeffrey Laurie, I'm at least firing Howie Roseman. That's a that's an automatic. Um, Dougie P, he's on the hot seat. I don't know where you go with with the coach. I don't know who you even. Who you got or who you can go after, but I, I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm fifty fifty on it. I wouldn't I wouldn't hate it if they fired him. I wouldn't if they give him one more year, I'd be okay with it. But uh he's definitely not the best play caller by any stretch of the imagination. That is honest and open for Man Riley about his team. Twenty twenty <laughs> has certainly done a number on both of our football franchises. Uh so he, 
hoping we have uh, some, some brighter, uh, some clear waters, whatever the fucking saying is coming in 2021. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> uh, but, but I guess, thank God, it's coming to an end soon. Yeah, couldn't, couldn't echo that any louder. Not even with a megaphone. Let's uh, let's get off of football for a second. Uh, the NBA started this past week. We had some some storylines run down here. Aaron wanted wanted to touch on a few, and I, I wanted to as well. Um, James Harden, um, you know, doing everything I think in his power to to get away and, and get traded from the Houston Rockets. It's pretty funny to me, to be honest. Um, was found in a strip club this past week. Uh, there was a picture of him at at a at the first. I don't know if it was preseason. I think it was the first preseason game. He was looking pretty thick, pretty overweight, pretty chunk, whatever you want to say. Uh, <laughs> apparently, he threw a ball at a rookie uh, in one of their first practices. Apparently, he's been drawing at teammates. So, if there was ever a playbook for getting traded out of a city, out of an NBA franchise, I think James Harden is is hitting on every chapter to perfection. Um, where do you think we go from here? And I know he, he has this short list of teams that, he wants to get traded to, and uh, I'm not sure what his contract situation is. I'm not sure if he has a no-trade clause built in there or if the NBA even does that. Um, I know Philly was one of the teams that was rumored just because of the Daryl Morey connection. Um, but what, I, I feel like the, the Rockets have to trade this guy. I mean, it, it, at this point, he's just been a cancerous teammate. Um, they got some new blood in there with Cousins and, um, and John Wall, and, and maybe you can get just a tre- treasure trove of picks. Uh, you know, out of this Harden deal, maybe some some decent you know role players and maybe a star player or two back in return. Uh, I feel like you have to trade this guy if you're Houston, no? Yeah, yeah, you're you're kind of exactly right. I think James Harden's kind of taking the Dwayne Haskins approach, where he just doesn't give a sing a single F. I'll say that single F. You know, you can fill in the rest of the letters there. But it's a kid show. Uh, kid, sh- you know, keeping it keeping it PG, keeping it PG when I can. Sometimes it's gonna come out, but. Um, yeah, yeah. He, he doesn't care about the or Houston. He doesn't care. You know, he could care less. I think he's uh, exhausted of, you know, whoever it might be. I mean, obviously now it's not even Mike D'Antoni anymore. I don't know their – I can't remember their GM situation. But, no you, know, clue. Um, you know, whatever it might be, it, it's not it's not working out for him in, in, uh, in H-Town. He wants out of there. Um, and then if you're Houston, I think obviously you got to get the – the right pieces. Uh, there's few people that can score the, the basketball, you know, really in the history of the game, like Blake Harden. Um, so you got it. You can't give them away, obviously. But uh, whenever the right package, I think, comes through, you got to pull the trigger and, and get them out of there and just kind of start fresh. They they didn't win any championships with them anyway, so it's not like they're completely screwed or, or feel like they're you know they're they're going to be a horrible team for you know years to come. They can. They can recover from this if they do it the right way. They just got to get the right pieces back. Yeah, ha- have to pull the trigger. Um, not much else to say about Like you said, they don't really have an attachment since they didn't win a title. Uh, there's really not many other pieces to build around there. All the players are getting older anyway. Um, and, and John Wall and, and Cousins aren't, you know, don't make up the best supporting cast of I've, that I've ever seen. So um, really no harm, no foul there if they want to get rid of them. But jumping around to some other – uh, storylines throughout the NBA. Uh, Lakers looking pretty good. Warriors, you know, obviously without Clay, kind of faltering a bit. But the Nets uh, with KD and Kyrie, uh, absolutely lighting it up, absolutely torching teams. Uh, Steve Nash is the coach there. Dan Tony is the assistant coach. I think you see a few shades of Dan Tony influence there. Obviously, Nash was with him 
back in the days of the seven seconds offense with the Phoenix Suns. So I think you can see a lot of similarities in, in that offense and just moving the ball around and getting shots up as quickly as possible. So uh, is it, you know, I, I hate that we have this narrative in, in the past. It was always, you know, going into the season, it's going to be Warriors out of the West. It's going to be Cavaliers out of the East, or it's going to be Lakers out of the West. It's going to be, you know, whomever out of the East, like Bucks out of the East. I feel like we, we go into the season always knowing, you know, which two or three teams are going to be at the top within the Western and Eastern conferences. And it's kind of annoying that there's really not much parity within the NBA, but that's kind of what LeBron and, and, you know, the Celtics and those early super teams sort of started with a lot of the stars wanted to pair up and only be with certain franchises. So I guess if we're looking at the East and the Nets and the Bucks and sort of the West with the Lakers and Clippers, are we kind of seeing the same four teams uh, rising to the, to the top already? Or are we going to see some other teams maybe – uh, sneak in like the Heat were able to do this past season and, and, and make some noise. Yeah, no, you're, you're you're exactly right, and I I I said that 50 times tonight, but um, you know, 51 wouldn't be bad either, though. <laughs> uh, so I, I don't know. It, it's so hard for me to say just because it, it just you know obviously we we just got going here, but um, you know there's a lot of interesting storylines. I think you you know you bring it up. It's a lot more wide open than it's been. I, I kind of miss the – call me crazy. I kind of miss the Splash Brothers uh, just with the whole gang just because it was, like, crazy to watch all the time. Uh, and I especially miss that that arena and, like, that atmosphere uh, just because it was it was fun. It was, like, insane. They were dropping, like, you know, a million. It seemed like every th- three they threw up went in, and I was just – I don't know. I, I enjoyed that for the time being. But, um, you know, this year, uh, you know, pretty wide open. Uh, it's so hard for me to, to say like the Clippers are, are going to make the move this year. I think, you know, getting rid of Doc Rivers, as crazy as it might sound, might be a good thing for them. I think uh, very overrated Doc Rivers is. I, don't, I think it might be a never... bad thing for him, to be honest. You think so? I, I think Ty Lue is a, is a downgrade over, over Doc Rivers. I don't like Ty Lue for whatever reason. I don't know why. As long as as long as Ty Lue doesn't have chest pains and that and that is like in all seriousness, not trying to be a dickhead. And you know, if it was Urban Meyer, I'd make a joke about. <laughs> but uh, you Coach know, I, K, I, look, I got nothing against Ty Lue. I you know, I just think they needed a a change. I, I just I'm not a Doc Rivers believer. I never have been. So I I say why not go with a, a new coach there? Who knows how far they'll go? It, it would be awesome to see them and the Lakers go to like seven games or something like that. I'd love to see that, but. Um, I don't know. The, the West to me is really interesting. You know, it's not obviously like the, the favorites of, of past aren't, aren't the same. Like, you know, you don't have like the, the Spurs being what they used to be. Obviously, uh, the Thunder aren't aren't going to be what they, you know, it's just it's a lot of question marks. But um, I think, you know, the Suns probably play pretty well with Chris Paul. They were pretty decent last year towards the end, especially. Um, you have the Jazz that, you know, who knows what they got, but they were good at, at points last season. They did okay in the playoffs. You know, it, it's just so hard. I think it's even harder than the NFL to, to say right now. Um, and then in the East, I mean, I think Boston is one of those teams that's turned in the corner. Uh, they're becoming one of the better teams in the league, I'd say, at this point. Um, 76ers, I'm not completely sold on. And, and obviously them getting Doc Rivers, who knows, might go well, might not. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm just kind of – everything's a question mark to me right now just because it's – it's so early, and uh, I just don't. I just don't know. Really, I don't. I think there's. I mean, I, I don't think there's a, a chance in hell any of those teams beat the Lakers in the West. I think the East will be interesting. 
you got you know the Nets I mentioned, you got the Bucks, you got the Celtics. Uh, the Sixers are up there. You know, I'm not sure about Toronto. I really haven't seen them yet. Like you said, it's pretty early. I, I just think if you look at the Lakers, LeBron is going to be LeBron. AD is going to be even better. Uh, Dennis Schroeder is going to play the point a lot better than Rondo did. He's going to give you a 20 a night. Harrell from the Clippers is going to give you probably 18 a night. Kuzma is going to give you 15 a night. Caruso is going to give you 10 a night. Wesley Matthews is going to give you 10 a night. Uh, I just think they, they can hit you from – so many different ways with so many different lineups that there's just no chance in hell, unless there's, you know, God forbid an injury there or two. I don't think there's any chance in hell that the Lakers get beat in the West because I think the Clippers are worse uh, mainly because of coaching. I I think they have a lot of, you know, cultural culture issues there. I think uh, the way that, you know, Kawhi and and Paul George are treated and, and, you know, acted towards over some of the other teammates is, is pretty gross. So, um, and Paul George, for whatever reason, you know, gets treated like a superstar, even though he's an above average player at best. Uh, so, I, I'm with you. you know, as much as I hate to say, like, it's going to be chalk this year, like, and I do love LeBron, but, you know, I, I, I wish there was more parity in the NBA. Like, I wish there were, you know, five to six solid teams in each conference that had a fucking chance. But if I'm looking at the lineups on paper right now, I just don't think there's any chance the Lakers get beaten West. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see why why you say that. I, I don't know. Like I said, I what I'll what I'll say is I, re, I just don't have no idea yet. I'll judge it after like 15, 20 games. I'll, I'll feel a little bit more confident. But um, I'd love to see the Nets do something just because of KD. I cannot stand Kyrie Irving, but um, <laughs> I'm I'm all for wherever KD goes for whatever reason. I call him a snake, call him whatever you want to, but I I just I love seeing him play and. When he's in the playoffs, I just think it's a better it's, – it's just a better atmosphere. So, I'd love to see the, the Nets make a, a run of some sort. Um, but, you know, Boston is one of those teams. They've been close a couple years. And really with any Boston franchise, eventually they get over the top. I would not be surprised if they come out of the East this year whatsoever. Kyrie is such a nut job, man. I can't stand that, dude. He, he, do you see I, I, when, they, when they were in Boston, he had like this incense, like sage thing. And he was like, he was going around like, like shaking this thing that was giving off like smoke and shit. And he said he was like saging demons that were in Boston or, or some shit. He's just a weird, he's just a weird dude. I know, uh, you know, the, the people believe in all types of different things and, and, you know, this is America, you can do that, but who knows? Uh, you know, he, like you said, I mean, he, He's said multiple times the earth is flat. You know, I guess God bless him, whatever. But uh, that you know, Duke he, education. He he he's he's his own person. I can I can at least say I respect him for that. But um, can't say I I you know agree with the things he he says. But you know, this is America. You can do that. And uh, you know, I I just think he's a very arrogant person. That's why I don't really like him. I think he you know if you watch him talk to reporters he kind of talks down to them he I had respect for him when he when he initially went to Boston I said you know maybe he wants his own team whatever you know more more power to him but then he kind of caused the fiasco there and actually made the team worse so he's got a lot to prove I think he just needs to kind of shut up and, and just play and, and and play at a high level for a couple of years for me to for me to root for him once again oh yeah um all right I think that takes care of NBA uh, any other storylines that I missed, Aaron, in, in my, you know, I guess average to, to, to shitty hosting, I, I probably, you know, 
missed a, missed a couple of uh, of storylines there. But anything you want to hit off before we before we take off tonight? No, I I really think you hit the nail on the head. I I know we talked a little bit about Dwayne Haskins, but uh, we can, oh, yeah. you know if you want to talk a little bit about that and and then call it that's fine. Yeah, we'll we'll touch on this this idiot and then we'll we'll get out of here. <laughs> um, just uh just I think one of the I think he's the first uh, first round quarterback selected in the past twenty years to be released from his team before his second year is over. Uh, he was seen after the last Sunday's game um, at a strip club uh, after a win, I believe. Uh, obviously, you know, disregarding COVID protocols, disregarding the pandemic. His coach is a cancer survivor. Um, he's done this several times this season, put his teammates himself, his family, his friends at risk. Uh, no matter your, your thoughts on a pandemic, no matter your thoughts on COVID-19, uh, you have a job to do and, and your job requires you to remain within these health and safety guidelines that, are, that were put in place by NFL. And if you continue to, to blatantly, I guess, disregard those and, and put your team at risk and put your teammates at risk for missing a game um, that they, you know, you know, their livelihood is, is based off, I think it's just absolutely responsible. And, you know, for him to be benched over Alex Smith, who's playing on one leg, and for him to be benched, you know, for, for Taylor Heineke, who is an XFL quarterback, and, to, you know, for him to ultimately get released, I think it just underscores, you know, how fed up Ron Rivera was and, you know, how fed up the organization was with trying to get guys like that out of the system. Um, to me, I think it's an absolutely selfish move. It's it's just utter stupidity, as I mentioned before. Um, you know, you're blessed with this God-given talent to play a game um, you know, as your as your work and, and get paid a lot of money to play this game and you have a lot of fans root for you, adore you, et cetera, et cetera. And uh to just piss it away within two years and and you know, uh, you know, to be twenty three and um to not realize the, the gift that you've been given is just insane to me. Um and it, it's 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 a shame because he does uh have a lot of natural ability. I think his processing and the way he thinks the game can be questioned at times, but he does have all the tools in the tool shed. His arm is fantastic. He is a mobile quarterback, but uh, to then just go out and, you know, constantly disobey the rules and the guidelines that were put in place to keep you, your family, your friends, your coaches safe uh, and, and to actually have an NFL season to, to make sure you and the rest of your coworkers or your teammates have jobs next season just makes no sense to me. And, um, you know, for, for, for my money, he definitely wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't want him in my organization, and I'm glad that you know Washington had the, had the guts to to mo to move on from him when they did. Yeah, yeah, that, that's to sum it up. Yeah, it, it, you you bring up the point of uh, his coach, you know, going through chemo. I don't know how often, but regardless of that, like just that alone should should you should have the respect to okay, maybe I can either wait till the season's over you know, fly out, whatever you, whatever you got to do to get one off, whatever you got to do to, you know, enjoy your, your personal life, that, that's on you. But um, during the season, especially during a season where you, you still have a chance to win the division, you're, you know, you were a captain on this team earlier in the season and, and you get that stripped from you because you just can't show up to meetings on time. I, I just, there's no excuse for that. Um, I don't know if you caught JJ Watt was talking about uh, yeah. the team and things like that. And I, I thought that was like really the soundbite of the year. I thought what he said was, you know, just right on point uh, with, you know, everything I, I can agree with there because he, he kind of said, you know, you got to show up for me. You're, you're blessed to be in this game. You're blessed to, to have an opportunity to play a game for a living. 
you know, there, there's fans, uh, millions of fans, no matter what franchise, that, that are rooting for you no matter what. Even when you suck, they, they show up, they spend their, you know, maybe in a regular type of season without COVID, obviously, they're spending their money to come and see you. They're going to the bar, whatever. They're, they're buying your jersey, and, and you can't even, you know, you can't do the right thing. You can't participate in team activities like you should. It's just there's no excuse for it. And I think uh, Washington – historically has is one of those franchises they let their players get away with probably more than most franchises because they sign right. a lot of a lot of guys that have had trouble past and things like that and and if you can't last more than two seasons I mean I think even Jamarcus Russell lasted more than two seasons and yeah and you know he didn't you know he didn't try at all to to be a, a competitive quarterback in the league so it just shows you you know Dwayne Haskins has got to look himself in the mirror or and reevaluate because, you know, he, he'll be lucky to get a, a backup job, in my opinion, in, in the league just because of, you know, he hasn't been very good for one. And, you know, he, he just doesn't give a, a shit about anybody but himself, it seems like. So, um, you know, it's going to be a hard sell for him to, to go to another team and, and play. Uh, I mean, you, you allude that you say he has all the tools in the tool shed, and I do agree with you, but he has yet to prove it. He's yet to prove it at the NFL level. And, at the end of the day, you know, he could have a very short career, and that, and that could be the end of that. No, it's, uh, yeah, it's absolutely well said. I think, uh, yeah, if, if you guys haven't listened to the J.J. Watt spiel from, from this past week, definitely take a listen. Uh, I'll, I'll end it there because there's not much more to contribute, but it's well said, Aaron. And uh, thanks, thanks again for tuning in this week, folks. Um, have a happy, healthy, and safe New Year. Um, like I said, we'll be back next week. Um, with some other storylines and, and stuff like that. But appreciate you listening, and Aaron, why don't you take us home? Yeah, as always, um, you know, thanks for all the listeners, and, uh, you know, we're excited for, for NFL playoffs, and, and you know, things are, are moving very fast in the NBA, and, and then the NHL will be here as well. well so, you know, stay tuned, and, and, you know, we're always appreciative of everybody that, that does stay tuned. Take us home.